everyone to district divided a dc sports podcast i am i'm at the alongside me k dot k dot how are you doing today sir i am doing well drinking my skunked ass corona beer which all coronas in the bottles are skunked but uh between this and heineken i made my choice and shout out to paul cooper as well who was the first person to ever alert me that corona was skunked and it made total sense when you think about it because it's a clear bottle like you said and what were you saying before the pod about why they put the lime inside of coronas so this is something i've been told for years and it made sense to me because i've seen it in practice the original reason motherfuckers put limes on their corona or in the corona was that sitting on the beach is to keep the flies out of your beard it just so happened it tastes right but the reason you put lime in a corona is to keep the flies out of your skunked ass corona beer so you got yourself two birds one stone solution there from corona uh-huh so they're selling you skunk beer they have found a two-for-one solution with the lime going in said skunk beer. And it's people are happy. It's a conspiracy between money. the lime. <laughs> no, I, just, I, I will say this. Corona in a can. Still don't love it. Much improved. Right? Because it's not skunked. Yeah. But if you're going to go Mexican beer, it's Modelo. Okay. Shout out Modelo. Uh, ooh, by the way, we have no sponsors for this podcast. Just a friendly you reminder should. there. We should. Absolutely. Certainly won't be Corona. Uh, but for today's episode, it is Commanders. Fleshlight. Fleshlight will be our first. This is a Commanders And Roman. Show. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> this is a Commanders-centric episode today we have for you guys. We are going to begin with expectations for the Commander season. We did talk about our predictions for the season. We both went 10 and 7. However, we have seen a number. I mean, a ton of different predictions ranging from three and 14 shout out Adam rank for that one. I think everyone is like, okay, <laughs> not that, but you're seeing a whole bunch of seven and tens, eight and nines. And so we're going to get into that. Are we, are we, what am I trying to say? Infected with Ashburn syndrome? Like we always mm-hmm. are, but we're going to get into that. Uh, and then we're going to talk about training camp. It opened Tuesday, July 26th. So just two, three days ago here. And we're going to talk about early thoughts on it. Uh, Antonio Gandy Golden retired, uh, going back to school. So we'll get into that stuff. And then we jump into the comment mailbag as we always do. But first, KDOT, we got to begin with that schedule. Okay. So we thought it was a largely chill schedule. We looked at it. We both went 10 and seven. We had our different routes of getting there, but we ultimately got there. Caesars Sportsbook. Set the over-under for the Washington Commanders win total this season at seven and a half. Do you know what percentage of money was on the under? No idea. One percent. Ninety-nine percent of people think we are going over seven and a half, and we are a part of that herd, but we're at 10 wins. So my question to you, we've got Adam Rank at three and 14 for the Commanders. We've got USA Today's Nate Davis at seven and 10, we've got a CBS sports writer, forgot his name, excuse me, at eight and nine. Like we're looking at this below 500 from the experts and quotes for those listening on Spotify and iTunes. Check us out there as well. Um, what 
are we wrong? Are we going crazy? What's happening here, KDOT? I'm looking over what I the, what I scribbled on my iPad as far as the schedule. Um, we're not wrong, but because of who we are, <laughs> because of this franchise, because of the history, because of a said owner who's hiding on a yacht somewhere, um, it could go wrong. <laughs> like, the thing is, like, I'm looking at it, I'm like, I, I don't want to say that the national media and all the talking heads who want to put together schedules midway through the offseason, like, most of them, we don't fucking know. And most of these guys, they're all going to be wrong as far as the predictions. Nobody ever follows up with them on how the predictions went at the one you did the second week of July, right? So, they're, they're, but the, the closer I get, like, all right, 10 wins, the way that we have it, should be what happens for this team. That should be a natural progression, looking at what it is the teams that run normally and what they typically should do as far as natural trajectory and looking at the team on paper, this should be at a minimum what it is we're doing. Because we're Washington and Ashburn syndrome is an actual thing. If you told me we won three games this year, looking through this schedule, I could I could develop a storyline that says, yeah, it's going to be a really, really shit season. But it, it, I have to kind of work at it. And the thing is that it's almost like I'm trying to set my expectations super, super low because 10 wins seems too high. So, so let me ask you this, right? So we're talking about now these are national media writers that I referenced having below 500 records for the team. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course the local media, they're not about to put out predictions because they see these players and coaches every single day. So they're not about to go. I think you're about to go six and 11. Also, let me ask you a question, coach Rivera. That's not about to happen. So you're not getting those predictions. Therefore you're getting fan predictions like we have. Do you think that national media writers are just going off of the history of the team and they're going, you know what? I see the schedule. It looks soft. I mean, if you look at it statistically, it is the softest of schedule as of right now and going, doesn't matter. This, this is the Washington franchise we're talking about here, whether it be the Redskins, the football team commanders, what have you, who cares? This is the Washington franchise we're talking about. They just can't get it done because they always find a way to shoot themselves in the foot. Similar to how, uh, you know, our rivals in Dallas tend to do come playoff time or come round end of the season. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think that you have news organizations that exist on a 24-7 cycle. Football is king. Okay. And these guys are being told, this is not a knock on any one of these guys. I usually, uh, I respect some of these guys in national media. Um, uh, Who do you respect? Hold on. Who do you respect? We're not doing this. We're not doing this. (laughs) Who do you respect? Give me me one name. Just one name of a guy you respect. On a national? On a national National. Yeah. Colin Cowherd. No, oh. <laughs> Although I do appreciate Colin Cowherd's takes on Jimmy Garoppolo. Me and him kind of line up. Okay. Jimmy G compared to Aaron Rodgers, he outplayed him. Um, the national media. So national sports media, who do I like? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go out here. I like Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. I like them too. I actually I like do. both those We guys. may get some heat in the comments for that. But yeah, I get the I, Skip I like Bayless thing. I get it. I get it. I get the criticism, but I think Skip kind of needs to exist if you're doing it. Like I'm saying, 24-7 cycle, it's entertainment right. more than it's journalism at this point, right? So, right. like, these guys might have had careers in journalism, but what they're doing right now is not that. Um, right. They're talking heads. 
And the thing is, you you bring all these dudes just on, hey, we're going to do a 30-second segment on the Washington Commanders because it's July and we've got nothing else to do. People on a national level think of this team as a shit show, clown show. And um, to say that they're going to win three games, nobody bats an eye. Okay, cool. Washington's Washington. Now, if somebody said, oh, Washington's going to win the division, maybe you get more attention than you want to on that 30-second segment. Yeah. That's fair. All right. So what I'm going to do now, KDOT, is I'm going to run through the schedule. You're going to very quickly go win-loss. And for those watching on YouTube, you're going to see my fingers increase with the win total. Uh, for those on Spotify, just keep counting yourself. All right, cool. Ready. Jaguars at home, week one. All right, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are we doing this based on what I... No, no, is no. Is this no, my forgot. pessimistic side? No, no, no. It's whatever, you, it's whatever you think right now in this moment with the wonderful jazz pieces behind you, with the wonderful setup Getting you the have. Getting 10 fucking right wins. There. Right, okay, go. well, then let's go ahead. We got Jaguars at home, week one. Win. That's one. Commanders-Lions at Win. Detroit. That's two. Eagles, we are hosting them. We are at home against the Eagles week three. Loss. Okay, still at two wins. Commanders go to Dallas week four. Loss. Okay, that's two and two. Um, We host the Titans week five. Win. That's three. Commanders oh, go to the Bears. Week six. Win. Monday night. Win. Win. Don't matter. All right. We host the Packers. Loss. Loss. So four and three. Even though Rodgers has no receivers. Even though Rodgers has no receivers. Then we got the big one. We're at Indianapolis. Matt Ryan against Carson Wentz. Revenge game. Win. All right. That's five. Then we host Kirk Cousins. Win. Six. Uh, Then we're at Philadelphia. Win. That's seven. We're already at seven. Uh, We go to Houston. Win. Eight. We are hosting Atlanta. Loss. Okay. Uh, (laughs) We are (laughs) at the Giants. Win. That is nine. We have the bye week. Then we go to New York. Or I'm sorry. Then we host New York. Loss. Okay. Uh, Commanders at the Niners. Loss. We host the Browns. Loss. We host the Cowboys. Win. Okay, so it's, oh, you got to ten again. Good stuff. All right, and I can I can honestly buy that. There are a couple I probably disagree with, but who wouldn't, right? It's a fan perspective, and we're all going to have varying perspectives. But all this to say, we know more than the national media when it comes to this team, and that's why you tune into District Divided, this DC Sports podcast, because we know the team better than the national writers do. They're just trying to fill in some clickbait, get some headlines. That's what they're there to do. Wouldn't you right, say, can, K-Dot? Can we do this one more time rapid fire? I'm going uh, to do something. Okay, fine. Hold All on. Right. Let me pull it back up. Um, How would you like the format of rapid fire to be? Am I just, just saying that just the say name? the team name and I'll tell you when or lost, but I'll give you a little story around what's happening with the team. Oh, that's fun. Okay, ready? Jaguars. Chase Young is still out from the ACL tear. Carson Wentz looks fucking terrible in the run game. Can't get going. Jamin Davis is a bum. And Kalik Hudson is just not talented enough. A loss. Trevor Lawrence goes off. Okay, we're going the other way, I guess. So now we got the Lions. Carson Wentz scraps it all together, throws a three-interception game. But Kendall Fuller brings it back and gets the win for us. And it, it, it shouldn't have happened. We are two weeks in, and this is already the most depressing season I can think of. Eagles commanders. Carson Wentz still struggling with the interceptions. Watching it on defense. Chase Young still not back. The defense still can't get right in the linebacking. And 
the secondary is getting burnt every game. Washington starts a four, a five-game losing streak with the Philadelphia Eagles. They lose against Philly, Dallas, Tennessee, Chicago, and Green Bay. Going into an Indianapolis team that is on a five-game winning streak behind Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor. I'm just saying, that's not that far-fetched. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you can see the other side of it, like you were saying earlier. Um, I don't think it gets that bad. I don't I'm not even saying. I'm bad. not even talking about. I'm just saying Carson Wentz has a 2020 type season. Okay, so An this Eagles is Eagles even... 2020 type season. He has an Eagles 2020 type season. We still haven't addressed the linebacker position, and Chase Young, we just found out, is not going to be ready for the beginning of the season. We did find that out. We did. Um, although, I mean, yeah, there's there's no although there. All right, fine. So I could see it. You illustrated, I think, very well how it can go both ways. Um, I still think the floor for this team, because you would still have Heineke as a backup, who won seven games last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got Sam Howell, who I don't think is going to play this year. Great that he looks great in camp. Once again, disclaimer, I'm going to do this every single episode, so long as there's camp, so long as there's preseason, whatever. You are going to hear reports of people being the second coming. 99.999% of the time, they are not. Just keep that in mind. They had a nice play. That's fantastic. Move on. That's it. Focus much more on the starters. Unless one guy who is an undrafted free agent is getting such <laughs> rave reviews because local media don't have to do that for that player, then maybe you pay attention. But if you're hearing Jahan Dotson had a nice one-handed catch, that's an expectation right. there. Yeah, he's right. supposed it's to. It's more about how is he how is he looking and route running. You got to look for deeper exactly. things. How mature do they look is what you're looking for in training camp. Look, I'm just saying the, I agree with you where the floor should be for a franchise that's moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Ron Rivera threw cold water over a lot of people when he said this week that um, it's not playoffs or bust, which Ron Rivera has been tampering expectations ever since he got here, right? So like when I hear that, I'm like, are you confident that we're going to make the playoffs? And then outside of that, we're not like most franchises. We're not. So the the idea that it goes left real quick, I don't think is a, it would be a shock, but head should roll. But you and I are still going to stick with. I have faith. Yeah. The commanders are going to get the same number of wins as Dan Snyder was deposed for yesterday. Ten. Ten yeah. hours, ten wins, an hour per win. That's the way I view it. All right. Let's jump over to training camp. Okay. Uh, did you did you have a thought there? Did, were you about to I, I said yacht boy. Yacht boy. <laughs> Shout out Yacht Boy. I'm, by the way, fully down to call him Yacht Boy the rest of the way. That's that's a very maybe, informal maybe. motion, but we can maybe. we can chat more about that. So, maybe. all right, <laughs> we're going over to training. Can we camp. do Yacht Bitch? We can do Yacht Bitch. That's fine with me. Yacht Bitch. I we like fu- it. Yeah, we are fully independent. Yacht Bitch. All right, cool. Yacht Bitch. So we're, we're going to talk about training camp now. Uh, the Washington Commanders began training camp Tuesday, July 26th. Uh, there have been reports of Terry McLaurin just going gaga over all the wide receivers, the offense, etc. He's now talking more than ever now that he's got this new fat contract extension. And thank goodness he got that contract extension. Um, K-Dot, the question to you is, based on your readings from the various reporters, and shout out to all the reporters that are doing that for us, really appreciate it. Um, what are your thoughts so far? Are there certain players you're seeing more from that you're excited about? Or are there certain ones like, you know, I was talking about Jamin Davis that, maybe a cause for concern if you're not hearing good things about him. So 
once again, everything that you've got to know about training camp, unless you're one of the two fans that were there, um, is that you're learning everything via tweets, right? Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, you can watch the live stream that they try to do with like Julie Donaldson, Santana, and Logan, but eh. um, <laughs> you're hearing what you what you would typically expect this early, right? Nothing crazy is happening, right? Carson Wentz in the offense is trying to get it together. There are some balls that he's throwing that's like, holy shit, we haven't had a guy that can throw a football like that in forever. Makes sense, right? Jahan Dotson out there, like you said, one-handed catches and this, that, and the other. Um, I think the, the the big one was the Cole Holcomb, who you we we had the semi-argument up. Yeah. yeah, stud. 79 uh, overall a, stud. Yeah, he had a pick six from a Carson Wentz third and nine. Because he makes um, plays. That's what he does. Or it's Carson Wentz to a fucking duck. I don't know what it looked like. So he... <laughs> Uh, and then Jamin Davis, who I think the, the the tweet that went over, and I forget who, I'm sorry for not being able to uh, attribute it to whoever, um, he uh, got a pass deflection. He's like, woo! But I also got heard on day one, Kalik Hudson played his ass off the field. So it's like, okay, Cole Holcomb looks great, or looks good for this early in training camp. Um but that's pretty much it. It's kind of we're where we are to be expected this early in the training camp. Nothing's going to show out completely crazily, but there's also not enough people going to fucking training camp. We we don't even know what the really is going on right now. Yeah, and, and by the way, it was Hogs Haven that did mention that um, Jamin Davis was severely outplayed by Khalil Hudson. But I also didn't go. read that from anybody else, so it seems like it was just there's one opinion. There. Well, yeah, that too. That fan lottery. Yeah. Could you explain that to me? Why was there even a fan lottery? What was that about? Because like you see all these other you see Buffalo, for example. Now, granted, they've got like rabbit fans over there. But why? We shouldn't have more rabbit fans in Buffalo. Never mind. Sorry. sorry. Why do why was the fan lottery? And for those that don't know, there was a specific lottery that you had to win in order to go to training camp. Why on earth did they put that together? Because it's fucking stupid. Like, um, I'm sorry. They're, look, Jason Wright, I like a ton. I do like him. But Jason Wright also feels like that out-of-touch manager that has great intentions, but they have no idea what's happening on the ground at any given point in time. And I think that that's like he heard about, ooh, you heard some teams are doing, like, lotteries. It builds a lot of interest there for the team. You know, we don't want Ashburn to be overran by fans, which it never is. Right. Um but we, we want to build some, and now people, fans who already have a hard enough time going all the way out to Ashburn in the middle of 100 degree days that have been happening, look at that and say, oh, you, you guys are putting an extra step? Fuck that. I'm out. And that's that's what it comes down to. The, the Washington commanders need to make things as simple as humanly possible to get fans around the team. Yeah. Uh, the, the same way that they need to... Dan Snyder or Yacht Bitch needs to pay for shuttle services across the DMV to bus people to FedEx Field. Like there, there's shit that they need to do to make it as easy, as easily as human possible, as humanly possible to make it to see this damn team. And they can't get out of their own way. The last team I think that did a lottery was the Houston Texans, and apparently it went to absolute shit immediately so it's like i don't even know where you get the idea you think it's a good thing when we don't have look we could be buffalo if we won games as far as the fan base goes right right but we're just we're nowhere near that and like i i saw in the chart on twitter yesterday today that uh washington commander fans are the least optimistic in the league oh right based (laughs) on tweets and stuff like that and they were 
they were using uh, like, okay, so the examples they provided were Chiefs will make the playoffs, Chiefs will win the Super Bowl, and that was considered a positive tweet. And anything else uh, that wasn't within that realm, so to speak, would be considered a not positive tweet. So I guess it was just positive and negative as the two buckets. Uh, I don't really know. Um, but I mean, what has there been to be optimistic about, right? <laughs> we got Yat Bitch, who's over with Congress uh, and also ducking him for a really, really long time. We've got the ever everlasting scandal that is being reported by the Washington Post. And you still got, you know, former executives and cheerleaders coming out and saying, hey, we want justice. Like, there's not a whole lot to be positive about. The commander's name seemed to have no fan input after they said that there would be fan input. And you see these new fight songs and you're like, Jesus, like, where, what are we doing? Kate, I, I know you have thoughts on that. Eliminate two. Hail the commanders. Number one, why are we shoehorning? <laughs> it makes just why do we need to shoehorn that hell the commanders? Number one, like that's the easiest fucking thing. Then the Braves on the war. We can't. So Braves on the warpath is too tied to Native American um, imagery and culture. Warpath is like a native thing. I guess Braves. Because uh, I think of Atlanta Braves and I think about their logo and shit. Um, That's awesome. I'm glad we're doing that with the commanders, right? Like, it, it just like, there's something about the marketing <sighs> of this team. I, I will give them one point of credit. Now, remember when they had the commanders reveal? We were like, okay, whatever. Um, but they did have people driving around the DMV area giving out free stuff. I thought that was smart. I thought that uh -huh. was cool. Short of that... I don't know who's in charge and I don't know what's going through their head because these things just don't make sense. Again, the fan lottery doesn't really make sense. Commander's not really having fan input, no evidence of it. Anyway, feel free to point out some evidence in the comments. Um, none of that. I, I just, I don't understand why this team thinks after the season it had after record low attendance that a fan lottery made sense. Let me, uh, I to our small listing base here, anyone, get this to Jason Wright. Jason, you need a fan liaison. You need oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'll volunteer my services. You ain't got to pay me. I'll, I'll show up. I'll, I'll drive all the way out 66. I'll get to Ashburn my goddamn self. Let, let me do it, okay? The, the, you guys are out of touch. Everyone that basically has anything to do in ownership, you guys all live in fucking Loudoun County. You're either new to the area or you live in Loudoun County, which is not D.C., and you don't have the pulse of what's going on with the fan base. None whatsoever. At all. It's been this way. Look, we've been able to get away from disastrous PR situation. What I mean, like, things that question legality, the sexual harassment, stuff like that, that is turned as far as in the organization, which is great. But every single time that we have anything, any sort of event or anything that classifies as far as we need to know what the fans think, the, the Sean Taylor remembrance, all these, you guys are fucking it up every single time. And I get it. This fan base is not an easy one to, uh, to, 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 to quell as far as their issues because we have so many and it's so varying. But right now, it seems like you're not listening to any of us. Any of us. Any of us. Um, now, let's get back on to the field. And we, I don't apologize for that rant. I think we needed that rant. Um, 
Let's get back to on the field, though. So Antonio Gandy-Golden, we talked about him being a long shot for the roster, right? They converted him from wide receiver to tight end. They draft Cole Turner. They worked on Samis Reyes and had him on the active roster for a guy that was just learning the game for an entire season. Logan Thomas is going to be coming back. John Bates had a pretty good rookie season. And so you put all those things together, and it's really, really tough for Gandy Golden to make this roster. Um, he makes the choice to retire, uh, go back to school. We wish you all the best with that, Antonio. Uh, what were your thoughts on that being day two into training camp there, KDOT? I thought I gave him a kiss of death last week when I said that I thought it was going to work out. Um, I guess it didn't. <laughs> uh, uh, but always, uh, what we ever since the, the draft, we always kept hearing about how smart a guy he was. Yeah. Um, intellectual type mm-hmm. and you kind of get that on some of the lives and stuff you can see he's like he's got his deep thoughts and um i'm happy for him go back to school go do your thing like i'm i wish it would have worked out at wide receiver when you first got here um i do think you had a shot as far as a tight end position but i'll never knock anybody I mean, you got look even those sh- small rookie contracts the late round guys you still make some decent money. Like $100,000 in my bank account right now changes my life. So mm-hmm. I hope you were able to get some life-changing money, do what yep. you need to do, and now go back, finish your education. You're good. Right. Um, the the one thing I did want to call out, though, were the many fans that tried to flame him uh, for announcing retirement. I thought that was <laughs> stupid because if you if we can you know pretty accurately diagnose the situation, well, in his shoes, he could probably do the same thing. We mentioned he's a smart guy. We mentioned what right. he was going up against. And let's say day one didn't go as well as he thought. And it's like, hey, the blocking is incredibly difficult, whatever it may be. Why are you flaming a guy that was trying his best for your team? That doesn't make sense to me. Um, whenever we go after Yacht Bitch or, you know, some of the executives and stuff like that, they, they their literal job is to think, right, and come up with this stuff, right? The players are responsible for going in that flow state, if you will, making the best plays they possibly can. And they're trying. I mean, that... I didn't understand people flaming him. I thought that was dumb. We got some dumbass fans. We do. We do. And sometimes we're those dumbass fans. It, it happens. No, but no, like, no. This is this is insane. Oh, no, not on this podcast. Just to be no, clear. I was about to say, okay. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. We, we saved the horrible takes for our Mensa off. level trainer fans. <laughs> Any final thoughts on uh, on training camp and stuff? Like that? I think it's I think it's still too soon. To it's tell. too early. Yeah, it's too early to really get an idea of what's happening. I mean, if the story gets to Carson Wentz and the offense are still not clicking a week or two from now, then okay, maybe we need to talk about some things. Right. Um, if Davis doesn't have more than one pass deflection, okay, maybe we need to start talking about it. But um, beyond that, no, it's I think majority of anything right now that should be at everybody's number one concern is Chase Young coming back. Yeah. Chase Young coming back, um, although it was nice uh, to get, you know, a couple guys off the pup list. Um, mm-hmm. I believe Chase Ruye was one that came off yep. the pup list recently. So, you know, that is huge because, again, this offensive line that we have here, it's insane to me that they are still considered no names, but they have been a top 10 offensive line for two years in a row now. Maybe three, if I'm remembering correctly. Like, they have been mm-hmm. terrific. So when you get offensive linemen back, that is nothing but a good thing, especially for a QB that got little to no protection in Indy last season. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Unless you follow my darkest timeline and say that it was only because of Brandon Sheriff. Correct. 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 All right. Well, let's move on to the comment mailbag and wrap this show up. 
once again, Tony with the first comment. Shout out, Tony, as always, Tony P56. I'm glad you guys are back from doing great work over the pond. Just give a little head nod there. How did you guys meet and what made you decide to put District Divided together? Well, take it. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I do have to take it. So initially, uh, Tony, and thank you for the question. And well, oh, just love that. That's boom, just happened. Um, the way it came together with District Divided was it was my buddy Max Ewart and I. We both went to school without walls uh, for high school. Decided, hey, you know what would be fun is to come up with a podcast and just sort of shoot the shit and see how it goes. Now, after one episode, Max decided, hey, I can't commit that much time to it um fast forward one month COVID hits but for me i was like you know what i just want to stick with it and it gives me something to do during COVID as well um k dot and i actually went to the same middle school for one year and then had not really kept in touch until a mutual friend of ours who also went to the same middle school same high school as k dot uh put us together we did a couple episodes together thought we vibed pretty well and um yeah. Oh, you know what? I don't want to speak for K dot. I feel we vibe pretty well, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's sort of what happened. <laughs> yeah, no, it was dope. You get, you invited me on to be a guy. Cause I remember the first two times that it was in your apartment. Yep. That's right. And then, um, over the course of COVID with the zoom, it became easier to kind of do. And I remember I did a few of the like special episodes as far as what was happening with the protests, yep. um, police brutality, things like that. And then, um, what, starting the show with all those guys that we were doing, the district divided were like five guys, and right. then they all dropped off, except for Spencer in the comments. And um, right. He's coming <laughs> up next. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. Yeah, of course. Um, no, it's been dope, man. I just appreciate the opportunity. This is this is Ahmed's brainchild, and, like, I have more fun probably doing this podcast than any of the other ones I do. So I, I, I really do appreciate being here. Yeah, well, no, you know, I appreciate you being here, K-Dot, and it's always fun shooting the shit with you. So now let's move on to Spencer's comment. Uh, back to back for him. Shout out, Spencer. Big three, big fives are the new thing. Remember big five? Great store. Great episode. Question for the crew. What is the next DC sports team to win a ship? K-Dot, um, I have an answer. All right, please, you go. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Washington Mystics, followed by the Washington Spirit. Um, Although they're having a horrible year right now. But all the women's national team players have just come back. They got a big game against the North Carolina Courage tonight. Hopefully the Spirit win that because they need to win like all their games, except for maybe one to make the playoffs. Um, But Mystics are playing great. So I would go Mystics. Um, If we're going men's sports, (laughs) Um, is is it crazy to say Commanders? Because I'm looking at the landscape and the Nats, who knows what's going on with Juan Soto. It depends on the return of that trade. I think it's going to happen entirely dependent on that. If it's a good haul, Nats. Uh, Caps seems like the window is falling. You know, it's closing rather. Uh, And the Wizards are still in that mediocre space. And I just don't see it happening. So if I had to pick one of the men's teams, stunningly, I'm going Commanders. What about you, KDOT? Uh, I'd agree with you as far as women's sports, the Mystics, of course. Um, men's sports, we're getting an XFL team. And I think that that will probably have the best shot Defenders, of winning yeah. because they haven't done anything bad yet. So the um, well, there are eight teams, I think, in the new XFL. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with them. Okay. We got the DC Defenders that are going to come in. Uh, I don't play. know what their name is now because it, it was Defenders. It? Well, it wasn't. You remember, XFL went under. Right. Even though that was fun, going to Audi Field for those games was sure. actually a lot of fun. 
Um, and what's his name? Uh, Cardell Jones being the quarterback. Oh. But now uh, it's the new XFL with Dwayne The Rock Johnson as the um, commissioner or CEO or whatever of it. Right. Um, so they announced the cities. I don't think we've had a team announce a team name announced. Maybe it is still the defenders. I don't think so though. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just think clean slate. They got a shot. They got a shot. Simple as that. And then we got Nelson Wolf. Shout out Nelson. Great episode and love the new intro. Although I must say that I think it was a missed opportunity not including a certain video of Amit screaming, this is our city, while standing on top of a fire truck after the Caps won. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't think that ever happened. Looking forward to hopefully discussing Kirk with you guys soon. Also, shout out to the Parent Trap. Absolute classic. Love you, Nelson. Thank you so much for the comment. We will talk about Kirk Cousins soon enough. Uh, K dot, you moved your head a little bit over there. What was I was that trying to remember what I was trying to remember where the pan track came up, but we were talking about movies. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, that's that's gonna wrap up the comment section and this comment mailbag. And this was the show. This is District Divided, a DC sports podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please like the video if you enjoyed it. Please subscribe. Most importantly to me and to K dot. I would say comment because those interactions help a whole lot and we love reading them every single week and chatting with you guys about it. Um, and who knows, maybe we'll have you guys on the show. Yeah. Tony. Not, yeah. One. Think about it. Okay. Um, but yeah. Thoughts, Tony. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> share, share, tell your friends, get everybody in it. We want to be able to have stories and things that we tell amongst our district, district divided crew and our, we want to be a family, man. Like, Share Absolutely. bring people in the fold. Absolutely. And again, as you can tell, we're always open for the event sessions as well. So love you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Friday, the rest of your weekend. And we will see you guys next week, Friday, 2 p.m. Until then, take it easy. Stay out of bookings, beloved. And now that we're after the pod, we need to talk about margin call that you recommended to me last week. Sat down, watched mm-hmm. it, loved it. So good. So good. So I didn't realize that the entire movie takes place over one day, basically. Yeah, one night. Yeah, one night. Well, yeah, because uh, right. So it's well, the initial the morning. The initial right. morning where Stanley Tucci comes to work, and then right. yeah, it's the whole day. Yeah, but it yeah, especially was at twenty. Yeah, it's yeah, forty-eight hours. I think grand total of 48 hours. Yeah. yeah, probably thirty-six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thirty-six. Yeah, that's right. The yeah. whole thing was incredible. Jeremy Irons coming in, looking classy as hell, and with his speech and like you know. Talk to me like I'm a five-year-old. Like the whole thing was awesome. I, I can't thank you enough for the recommendation. I think it is right. one of those, which because of the pacing of it, if I were to see that so easy. once a month, something like that, so I could get easily do it. Easily it's do it. So easy to get through. There's so many times where I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to start something new. Yeah. What I want to, it's because it's like late at night, you know, you don't have full attention. You might be on your phone a little bit mm-hmm. and it's like, I just need to throw something on. And yeah. Margin Call ends up being, I think, over the last year, my number one pick. And uh, Train to Busan, for some reason, the last two weeks. But um, Margin Call, over the last six months to a year, has been just the absolute go-to. And there's so many people that don't know about it. There's so many people that do not know about that movie. I had no clue. And I checked Rotten Tomatoes, 87%. I think Rotten mm-hmm. Tomatoes largely does a pretty good job of indicating what movies are good and what aren't. I mean, semi-pro, they said was terrible. That made no sense to me. That's one of the best movies of all time. Shout out Will Ferrell. <laughs> Shout out Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. Shout out Andre 3000. Oh, wait, you don't think so? No. Semi-pro. First off. That's the the one with uh, Andre 3000. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Will no. Ferrell is the uh, starting 
power it's forward, not like if manager, i'm ranking will ferrell owner, movies it's choreographer not, he it's probably not my top five at all as far as will ferrell might not be in my top, tri- I think, I think enough, I top think 10 i think he's got love me sexy on there incredible it's not track either it's not either anchorman elf uh oh i gosh. i prefer talladega nights is my shit talladega nights is great it's amazing yeah old that's school oh, old school's good yeah yeah old uh, very does good. wedding crashers count no it's a cameo but it's amazing it's a great cameo <laughs> but I all right can i watch can i watch mom meatloaf or the entire semi-pro give me mom meatloaf i i need that scene okay but what what when he fights a bear he's literally like i jackie moon fighting a bear like that was incredible it's fine it's fine it's in the blades of glory the flint um, michigan mega bowl is in textbooks k-dot it it is historic it's not it's It's based on a true story there's a lot of movies that are like about like uh, let's say sport athletic or sport comedies maybe if that's a genre. Sure, like it's a genre. the first thing I think about, I, I think about dodgeball over that. Okay, dodgeball. I, I don't think it. Oh, I don't know. Dodgeball, dodgeball is very good. Come Dodge, on, dodgeball is very good. Hold you on, can hold dodge on. a wrench. You can dodge. What? Phenomenal. <laughs> Phenomenal. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah, dodgeball is better, but semi pro is really. really I think you underrated. like semi pro. I just don't think it's, uh, and that's fine. Yeah, Dude, comedies. They- Comedy's the most subjective of any of the genres. They get Munnix, aka Woody Harrelson, by trading away their washing machine. I mean, the whole thing is hysterical. It is it's fine. It is completely over the I don't remember. I've seen that movie. I've never I don't remember shit. I don't remember shit from that movie. Did not corn dog day? And he's blocking his teammates' shots because they don't have enough corn dogs to fulfill the promise. They just never thought I, they would get that high. Yeah, oh. I come on. I just I think there are SNL it. skits that I think are better than that movie. So I think just, you need to rewatch it. It's I think not, it's incredible. I just oh my don't. gosh! The other guys is better. The other guys is great. The other guys is a great movie. Zoolander counts. Yeah. Mugatsu fucking counts in Zoolander. Better. <laughs> Step Brothers clearly better. <laughs> but I also think you do have something against this movie. I don't think I have something else in this movie. I just think it's slightly. You know, I actually think Daddy's Home might be better. Than no, that. okay. So <laughs> this is this is one of those movies or one of those things in life where most times I'd like to think I'm reasonable, but this is one of those things where I know I'm right and the rest of the world is wrong. You're not, brother. Simple I'm sorry. As that. You're <laughs> right. I'm not wrong. You are a hundred percent right. I am not <laughs> wrong. That is insane. Semi pro. Oh my gosh. And then yeah, ah, man, you that is isn't it Rob Corddry that that's like the. Uh, He's with, gosh, Monix's like Woody Harrelson's old fling, and then like, dude, it's it's great. Yeah, I just I think you're the only one that remembers this movie as well. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know you know what it so, is, K dot. People that uh, are funny love this movie. Oh, fuck that? out of here! Right? that? So two oh, thousand eight. Where were you? Two thousand eight. You're uh, in high school. That would have been yeah, senior year of high school. Yeah, that's why it hits. You act like you're so much older than me. You're two years older. Hey, I had super bad my year. Fuck you. Super bad. <laughs> awesome. Super, super bad, bad changed my graduating the game. Year. Super that, bad changed the game. Come on. That was great. Movie. The fact that we still haven't had a spinoff show or movie with Bill Hader and Seth Rogen, just the cops. Oh, just is the... a fucking tragedy. I know. I know. And they occasionally... be... Why hasn't that happened yet? I don't know, but it, 
they were incredible. Oh my gosh, I forgot how much we would laugh at those yeah, scenes. Super and McLovin is suddenly their boy. Super yeah. bad. <laughs> semi. <laughs> hold up, hold up! Don't you dare do that. I caught on to that late for a moment. I love super bad. Why are you making? That? I'm just saying, if oh, we're looking at like where we were in life time. as far as like high school and stuff, like super bad means a lot to me, but it's an actual good movie. And like semi pro means wow. a lot to you because of where you were. It's like. It's going back. It's, there's that confusion between nostalgia and whether or not something's good. There's a difference. Uh, yeah, but in this case, it was good, and I'm nostalgic about 22% it. 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. And they got it wrong. I, I don't know what to tell you. Do you think it was 22 bad? Yeah, I really no. I just don't. Because comedy is like, that's the thing with comedies, is when they don't hit, they don't hit. Like if I if I literally do not think about anything in that movie beyond the point when of, I over. when I request this thumbnail from you, I'm gonna need Jackie Moon on it now. Okay, I'm gonna I'll need... do it. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> no, I just I know that uh, if you want this uh, fucking um, video, to get... what is that? To get news. What the hell? What's it, what's going on in there? You wouldn't click on a DC Sports podcast that also has Jackie Moon on its thumbnail. I'd be confused. So maybe you confuse people into. Uh, yeah, may as well try. Uh, Last I was looking 56. at one. I was I was looking at a comedy that I find it might be my favorite comedy. I don't think it's the best comedy. I think it's my favorite comedy. I never said Semi Pro was the best comedy. I just said it was severely underrated. It's okay. It still means a shit. But the uh, I was looking to see my, and it's at forty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is remarkably better than twenty two percent. Shut up. Go ahead. What's me the name myself of the movie? and me myself and Irene? I have never seen it. It is one. I went to the premiere of me, myself, and Irene back in 2000. Uh-huh. Um, me and my dad, we used to get these movie passes. Uh, is Channel News 8 still a thing in DC? News Channel 8? News Channel 8. Um, I haven't seen it in ages. It might right. be. That's, that's just, just a quick, quick sidebar there. That was everyone had that one channel they would check for snow days. News Channel 8 was mine. It was a go to. I mean, they were C tier as far as news, but they. <laughs> that ticker was on point though it was it was they yeah. they, they used to go because they didn't have a lot of the fluff with all the blood bullshit right uh new channel used to have a movie review show and at the end of the review show he would have like three movies that they were doing premieres to and you had to call into a number and they give you two passes to go see the movie i went to so many movies and you get like free i had a bunch of free t-shirt swag all kinds of stuff like all these things you were repping news channel eight nonstop. No, 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 not New Channel 8. New Channel 8 had nothing to do with the premiere other than giving you the passes. But then you get there and there'd be celebrities there sometimes. There'd be I thought like they were like, and hey, K-Dot, why don't you just wear one of these <laughs> while you're at it? We'll give you the passes if you wear a News Channel 8 shirt. I think because premiere. of... All right, so here's the thing. Nostalgia versus good. Yeah. One of my favorite ones that I ever went to because of the age I was at the time that I saw the movie was I went to the premiere of the movie Coyote Ugly. Which just girls have naked dancing on bar tops was like amazing to me. Right, right. So it was like one of my favorite experiences. Oh, yeah. When you're like an early teenager or something like that, you're like, oh my gosh, look at this. And they had like coyote ugly girls passing out t shirts and that left an impression. Um, So, (laughs) but I look back and I'm like, I watched that movie. And while I do sort of enjoy that movie, it's more nostalgic than I think it's actually. I think I had a crush on Piper. Is her name Piper Parabo? I can't remember if that was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I had a crush on her for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. her, her, Her lips. That that may be a sign we need to end this. Um, but <laughs> any other mm. final movie takes before we log off for real? Uh, I'll give you one. Oh, oh, 
another underrated movie that a lot of people haven't seen, Light Margin Call. State of Grace. Have you ever heard of State of Grace? No, I've not even heard of it. You should watch State of Grace. Okay. What uh what's it about? Gangsters in New York. So it came out around the exact same time that Goodfellas did. Okay. But Goodfellas, my favorite movie of all time, clearly overshadowed it. The cast of State of Grace makes you wonder how the fuck could anybody not know about this movie? But I tell you, I run into so many people that have never heard about it, and it disappoints me to no end. Because it's um, it's a fucking phenomenal movie. Uh, Sean Penn, Ed Harris, Gary Oldman, Robin Wright, John Turturro, John C. Riley. Holy cow, State of Grace. And motherfuckers have no idea that it existed. It made $1.9 million at the box office. Well, again, the other one had uh, Jeremy Irons and Kevin Spacey. I hadn't heard of Margin Call like that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. There's there's some of these movies that just kind of fly on the radar. As well. Let's see. State of Grace is the absolute shit. Um, people, it is also a new American restaurant at 3258 West Westheimer Road, Houston, Texas. That's the first thing that comes up. Yeah, see, they're bearing it there. Then Jesus. Taylor Swift has a State of Grace out there. Uh, uh, okay, 1990. 1990. Yep. yep, there it is. That was like the eighth thing. When you search State of Grace. If people forget John C. Raleigh was like a, an established dramatic actor before he got into anything comedic. Forget. I didn't even know that. There you, John C. Raleigh, I still think probably the most underrated guy in Hollywood. Gary Oldman. This is insane. Never heard of it, right? No. Nuts. That is okay. This might be the next thing on the list then. I mean, you didn't steer me wrong with margin call. I'll tell you that much. But John C. Riley, underrated. Usually, like, the Casualties of War, which a lot of people haven't seen. Days mm-hmm. of Thunder, amazing movie. But then he goes, like, through these movies. He, even Boogie Nights, like, he doesn't really show up as far as being a comedic actor until, like, the 2000s. And he has his entire career in the 90s. Well, now I just want to watch it just to see John C. Riley in 1990. It's He's like a, a John, C., John C. Riley is so underrated. He's so underrated. I put him in, like, I honestly put him in, Um, this is going to sound insane to people, Brian Cranston tier. And the reason I say Brian Cranston tier is that I think what people forget about Brian Cranston and the Walter Wright character is how great he was on, like, Malcolm in the Middle or Seinfeld. Yep. The, I, the ability to switch back and forth between comedic and dramatic and to be able to do them both on a high level is extremely hard and he does not get enough credit for it yeah because when i think of john c Riley, i think of Step Brothers, i think of shake and bake you know like these are the things i'm thinking about like, when it comes to Gangs john c. new Riley. york boogie nights you know i haven't seen these classics i grew up on bollywood yeah. movies my Fair household enough. so you know <laughs> i got a built in excuse bit. a little bit i wonder if there's um, a bollywood version of john c Riley. <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> You know what? There, I can't think of enough Bollywood actors quick enough to be like, oh yeah, naturally that one. So maybe I'll come back next week with that one. But <laughs> yeah, we got, I we, mean, we got to bounce right now. Redhead. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't even want to begin. I don't even want to begin to uh, even suggest someone. I'm going to give that some serious thought there after after I see State of Grace. Um, all right. State of Grace. Well, everyone. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next week. Until then, take it easy.